You're listening to the Sound Girls Podcast with Tori and Katie. Today's episode features an interview with audio engineer Kelly Kramerick. Kelly Kramerick is an extremely versatile freelance audio engineer based in Denver, Colorado. With a degree in advertising, theater, and music technology, Kelly goes beyond sound design to understand all aspects of production. Her master's degree in recording arts from the University of Colorado brings another level of professionalism and experience. Versatility is crucial to be a successful audio engineer. Working as a podcast engineer at Legal Talk Network, an audio engineer at Stars, and a freelance recording and mixing engineer, Kelly understands how audio differs across platforms, audiences, and topics. Additionally, Kelly has experience working as a production sound mixer and post-production mixer, expanding her scope and ability to work in any stage of audio production. Kelly understands the delicacy needed for classical concerts, but also the impact of dialogue in the film industry. Kelly is proud to be a woman in audio, helping balance audio's mainly male-dominated industry. She brings new perspective, insight, and skill to each project she touches. Her ability to get along well with others and make every project as smooth and enjoyable of a process as possible makes her an invaluable asset to any team. I'm so sorry, editors. like 14 cuts welcome kelly we're so happy to have you welcome kelly thank you thank you i'm glad to be here welcome i'm red if you can't hear it in my voice i'm red (laughs) oh my gosh uh well, it was quite a bio, and that was that was an, an amazing read, Katie. That was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're all professional here at Sound Girls, as you can tell. Very elegant. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kelly, tell us a little bit, how did you get started in audio? Because as we were looking through just your list of accomplishments, you have a huge resume, and you've done a lot. I'm really interested to know how you got involved. In audio, yeah. Um, so growing up, my dad had an entertainment company with a big part of it was DJing stuff. So I was just kind of around music since I was really young, and I didn't know that an audio engineer was a thing. I had no idea about that career path. I always wanted to take over my dad's company. I was doing DJing with like CDs, by the way, uh, not <laughs> nice, <laughs> not the computer stuff. So um, just like your actual system, a whole thing of CDs that you'd bring to every gig and then setting up your your speakers and everything for like corporate events, dances for like middle schools and you know, stuff like that. Classic. Really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, so I did that from like a pretty young age. And then when I went to college, I went to college for business at first. And I just really couldn't pass accounting. I was really bad at that. So uh, when I was doing that, my minor was in classical vocal training. And so I was doing my music minor and I found out with the elective that I was able to take, it was music technology. And I was like, oh my God, like sound systems, speakers, microphones, like all of this stuff. This is a career path. Like I had no idea that I could do that. So I took that class. Going from middle school yeah. dances <laughs> to, to a career. Yes, yeah. music technology <laughs> and college to a career. Um, so I took that class and my teacher was awesome. It was a really small program at West Virginia University. And we kind of piloted the minor as I was taking the classes as electives. We kind of made a minor out of it. And so I learned more, started learning Pro Tools. And it's so funny because, like, I'm not that old, but, like, we're in that age range where, like, we were, we were, like, using things that are so obsolete now. Like, 
Mm-hmm. My like finals for my classes were on a CD. Like that's how you like brought them to class. Oh, I'm um, with you. Yep. And like there were still floppy disks. Like I just I mean this was like 2010. Like this is not that long ago. Wow. <laughs> well, I millennials are just the funniest like generation because of that like dial up internet and all of the stuff that like we started on and right. then now it's like that you... so long ago. Yeah, like yeah. we rocket shipped into crazy technology. We've seen it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yep. crazy. Um <laughs> But so I, I was learning Pro Tools uh, in that class. We did some voiceover stuff. We, we did like a lot of different things in that. We did a little bit of post-production, some stuff for video. It was a very classical music school. So we recorded a lot of classical music uh, mm-hmm. and in our concert halls and stuff like that. So that I kind of started just recording classical music for the most part. And then I decided I wanted to work in a recording studio, as most of us do when we start in this industry. And so I moved out to Denver after I graduated, and I tried to work in a bunch of recording studios as an intern, and no one would have me because you can't have a free intern unless they're in college. And I wasn't qualified by any means to actually work at that point. (laughs) So uh, this was just like a minor in music technology. And then I also did like theater sound design as another minor and then advertising. Um, So I think the advertising helped me get into um, like putting myself out there marketing and stuff at the beginning. Um, But I found out about UCD's Master of Recording Arts and I was like, well, need to learn how to do this better anyways. Um, and I school would mean I could get an internship somewhere. So I went back to school for my master's and I started interning at a recording studio that was mostly like hip hop. So that was fun recording a lot of guitar work and then a lot of hip hop. So that was an interesting kind of side thing that ended up being on my resume. But uh, yeah, the recording program at UCD is amazing. So many connections that you can get from doing that program. And I also took a lot of different classes. There's like post-production, regular live sound class, regular recording classes. And then we did a a topics class that was production sound for film as well. So I kind of got like my feet wet with a lot of different things. And I really liked production sound when I did it. And I really liked post-production when I did it. So I just kind of bought my own kit when I was in school. Student loan money, you know. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then I just started working, putting my name out there. Uh, we have a really good network in Denver. Actually, it's not really, I don't think we're really like known for being a huge audio scene here, but there's a ton of engineers here. And I just made it a point to, you know, go around and talk to as many people as I could and get jobs that way and just doing everything, trying everything, and then landing in post-production. Honestly, because it's the most money that I was making out of everything that I was doing. So record. I still do recording work. I have one band that I work with. I work on a bunch of podcasts. Those are pretty easy clients to find. And then I don't really do live sound anymore because, as we were saying earlier, like it's so stressful. <laughs> and I, uh, I just can't do that anymore. It's fun, though. I do love being like in that scene of live sound, but on occasion, I guess. But it's just so stressful for me. Like I... I love people that do live sound. That that job is so hard. Um, That's okay. You can have all the studio work you want. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's yours. <laughs> Not going to fight you on that. That's all yours. So, yeah. And then I landed in my job at Stars um, after I graduated with my master's and been working there ever since and just freelancing on the side doing everything else, you know, just because it's fun. But I work in post-production now and absolutely love what I'm doing. So, and I'm 28. So, um, I 
did everything kind of fast and um I try not to say that I'm lucky which like I think we all are like when we get our jobs and stuff we're like oh I'm so lucky but I worked really really hard to get where I am right now so hard work pays off when you are like super into what you do I absolutely love that because that's been a mentality of mine but just you know it's to hear every single thing that you did and it was just you know one desire after the next and your interest and you just pursued everything and you should definitely be proud of that and you've done amazing work thanks yeah, no, kudos for sure. Um, can we talk a bit about getting into stars? I guess you would consider that to be like what kind of solidified your career for you, kind of pointed you in a direction of what you want to do? Yeah, absolutely. So I, when I was in grad school, one of my post-production teachers, he's awesome. He worked in LA for a long time, taught in LA, and then he's back in Denver teaching here. His name is David Bondalevich. He's a member of like everything too, and he like knows all of the cool people in LA. <laughs> so he, uh, in post-production one, was like, who here is going to move to Los Angeles? And everybody raises their hand, except for me. And he's like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm going to stay in Denver. Like, I moved here for a reason. And he's like, well, the only way that you can, you know, make it in post-production in Denver is if you work at Stars." And I was like, fine, then I'm going to get a job at Stars. Like, that'll be my new thing. Um, and so I just kept an eye out on that, you know, um, finding out. Because really, there's – you can freelance a bunch here, but the only, like, full-time gig is – um, at stars mm -hmm. so we had one of the mixers from game of thrones matthew waters he came to our class one day to show us like a session and go through everything i was like one of the only girls in the class because that's just what happens in our industry yeah. mm -hmm. um yeah. and after the class i went up and introduced myself and i was like hey i'm kelly like thank you so much like this is so interesting and he was like yeah like you know i work with a lot of women in la annalie blanc and he was like, they'd probably love to meet you if you ever in L.A., like, let me know. Here's my email. So I went to L.A. for the Mixed TV Sound for Film conference, I guess, almost four years ago now. And I let him know that I was in L.A. and we went and got coffee. So Matthew Waters and Annalie Blanc and me um, <laughs> just <laughs> getting coffee. I'm yeah. so jealous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just no big deal. From this random interaction. Um, so we get coffee, you know, he's like asking me all the stuff about what I want to do. I say I want to work for stars. He mixed Black Sails, which is a star show. And so he was like, oh, yeah, does Sean still work there? And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm like interviewing with them. Like, so he knew Sean, who was like the post-production manager at stars. He said he would put in a good word for me. So then when I applied and everything, I was the only candidate that had like a recommendation from the Game of Thrones mixers, like, just randomly. And I was, like, <laughs> trying to pretend, like, yes, I totally know them. But, like, I had coffee with them one time. Um, so that really helped uh, get that job, I think. Um, but also, uh, I from networking in Denver also met someone that works at stars and he like gave me the inside scoop of like, you know, this is what we're looking for. This is how you should boost up your resume, things that you should put into it. I was talking to like three of the different people that worked there, um, just trying to get a job there. Cause they also, there's one uh, female at the time that works there, Annie. And she was like super wanted to get another female on the team. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how many how many females applied to the position, but um, I, I don't think it was a lot, but there was a lot of people that applied um, to the positions. It's a full-time gig, you know, from like all over the world. 
But the thing is, is, and we're working on this, but the qualifications on the job listing were like wild. Like I, looking at that, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this job. Like I don't qualify at all for it, but I'm going to apply anyways and just see what happens. And I got the job. So it, the, a big thing that I always tell people about that too is like just apply for everything because you never know. Like even if I'm unqual, like I didn't know how to mix in five one, but I could learn how to do that. So, and and I was honest about all of that. And the interview, like, just got out of my master's program. You know, this is what I know how to do. I'm really good at what I do, but and I'm also really good at learning. So it's not going to take me a long time to be able to do everything. I don't think. Like, I hope, but, <laughs> we'll uh, and it didn't, like, I, <laughs> I did everything. I learned everything very quickly. Um, but it was like, I was scared for sure. But I think, you know, if I didn't apply for that, just because I wasn't qualified, I never would have gotten the job. And that, I think that happens to a lot of people. Mm, right. Wow. Okay. I'm, I love that story. And I'm very motivated personally by that. <laughs> Cause yeah, like I don't apply if I don't think I qualify but just why not what's it gonna <laughs> yeah, why do like not? take some of your time away but yeah that's it that's it yeah yeah well and I'm very much like you Kelly it's like you know why not and when oh gosh when I started at Disney I had never even mixed I was all analog I had never touched a digital console and it's kind of like you know what I just went to my first audio crew chief I'm like all right I am here just teach me and I'm an open book I'm a sponge, you know, and it's just like, if you go in with that attitude, it's just, you know, I feel like, you know, you can be molded and you can be, you know, used in many different ways if you just have the willingness to learn. Yeah. And people love that about me. Like, that's why it it comes out in like how I work and everything too, just like easy to work with, willing to learn. You know, if you have those traits, like people will hire you just if you're a cool person. And I think that I get a lot of, a lot of gigs because of that. So what is working at STARS like? Like your first months there, like were you working alongside someone? Yeah, so they have an amazing training program because I was so scared. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it was not scary at all. I had a trainer for I think like almost two months basically where I just learned everything because it's a lot of systems. We use a lot of different systems to get all of our files everywhere. But after you get into the swing of uh, learning all of that stuff, it's really just mixing and, you know, we do a lot of QC work and mixing promos and stuff. But I was like so happy that I had that training period because I felt really comfortable when I was working on my own. And then I had two other people that worked the same shift as me and I could ask them anything that I wanted. And I asked a lot of questions. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know if it's just me, but like I was so afraid of messing up when I first started because of all of the systems that we have, you know, like if you do something wrong, it could trigger a whole mess down the line that like I can't fix someone else is going to have to go into IT or whatever and (laughs) do stuff for me so yeah it's I uh, I was very afraid of making mistakes also because I thought I was unqualified when I started the job and so I was like I, I need to make sure that I do everything perfectly so I took a lot of notes in my training that I could refer back to if I ever had any questions and then I had a lot of questions that I asked all of the other guys that worked there with me. I think that was a good thing, though, because I learned everything a lot faster. I made sure that I didn't make any mistakes by asking questions before I did anything. If I wasn't sure, I like referenced my notes. I had everything on an iPad that I brought to work every day. And then I would just ask whatever. And if I asked a question, I made sure I wrote down my answer in case I had that again, because I maybe it's just me again, but like, 
I wouldn't want to be asked the same question twice by someone because then I just think that they're not listening to me. And so I made sure that I never did that to like my trainers or the people that I was working with. I probably took me like close to a year to feel like I knew what I was doing. I didn't tell anybody that, but (laughs) uh, probably a year before I was like, yeah, like this is what I do now. Like I'm really good at it. I don't have any questions anymore. So it it took a long time. But again, like not making any mistakes was huge because I, with the qualification thing, I didn't want anybody to think that I didn't know what I was doing. So I, I don't know if that's like normal a year in a job to like feel completely comfortable, but it's probably like the imposter syndrome thing. You know, I was going to ask you that exact question. That would, yes, I was going to ask you, you know, have you felt that you experienced imposter syndrome during that period? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Until that year point, um, I would say I didn't think that I was like good enough to do what I was doing. And then I guess like probably in my whole career, like everything freelance wise as well, that was kind of the tipping point of where I was like, yeah, like I'm really good at this and I can, you know, network and put myself out there to do all these jobs and not feel like I'm not good enough to do it. Right. So that was two years ago. So I'm coming up on my three year at Stars. So two years ago, well, I guess it wasn't even a year out of grad school for me because I graduated in May and I got hired at Stars in October. So that was pretty fast after school, which probably had something to do with it, too, because I wasn't really like in the industry for that long before getting that job. Yeah, that I mean, and even I would think to the fact that you got a job right out of college. I mean, yes, of course, you know, having the resume, having the experience going in, but just, you know, not having too much time in between. It's like, okay, no, no, no. We see something in her that we definitely want. And it's cool that they snatched you up so soon after. Yeah. Yeah. I was very grateful of that. I also just realized we have the same mic and headphones on. I know. (laughs) God, I feel like a loser. I'm not part of the. I feel like maybe I know a little bit about studio. I mean, you definitely want Kelly behind a console. Yeah, you got the right stuff. All right, I'll replace I mine. <laughs> I'll I mean, upgrade to what you guys at, have. At some point, Katie. Gotta, oh, you know, boy. become a real audio gal, but for now. I mean, you're not a podcaster if you don't have an SM7. <laughs> just... That's what they all say, right? Yep. <laughs> Kelly, because you dabble in so much, I guess I'm wondering how you're, since you kind of focus on pro production how does it all translate like the skills across the board how do you decide which one you like it was that a meow <laughs> sorry no uh, yeah, my cat <laughs> oh you screaming. have a cat <laughs> oh no what kind of cat do you have hopefully he stops sorry um <laughs> i have two cats Me and too. one of them is horrible <laughs> <laughs> you can hear that's horrible oh my god charles come on charles have some respect i'm just gonna let him in real <laughs> sure. quick or he's gonna scream the whole time <laughs> Do you want to hear purring? I can give you purring. Give us some shadow. What do you got for us? Oh, no. Oh, he just hid. He's like, Mommy, I don't want to be seen. Don't want to be seen. Gorgeous. Smoky. Smoky kitty. Lovely. All right. This is Charlie. Shadow. They're both gorgeous cats. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. You don't want to scream in the microphone? No. I don't have a cat and I don't have the headphones. I'm just going to see my way out. Or the mic. Don't forget the, or mic. the mic. 
So where were we? Sorry, my cat ruined everything. (laughs) No, that's totally okay. I was like losing my way in that question. I was just wondering, um, because you dabble in so many areas, I guess, how does your particular focus on post-production translate across all your lines of audio work? And do you feel confident in all different areas? Yeah, so probably the best translation is when I do production sound because I work in post-production when I'm doing production I'm like and and anything that I do I'm trying to set up whoever's down the line up for success and so when you're in production you're constantly thinking about post-production and even if you're not in post-production you you obviously want it to be quiet on set you want to get the best sound that you can but I the wheels are always turning in a different way like if something happens I'm like oh well I can I could remove that very easily in post so it's not something that I need to stop the cut for so things like that in the production sound transfer super well and then just being really good at pro tools transfers to recording and mixing in the studio just being fast at and knowing how to do things like I, I use a lot of things that I do in post-production in my music workflows and then what else do I do uh, podcasting that is very I mean it's just dialogue editing yeah. basically so and I, that's another thing that helped me get my job at stars too is I was working at a podcast network just like editing dialogue 24 7 so that helped with getting post-production work for sure and that translates obviously very well just being fast at podcast editing is how you make the most money when you can take on more clients and I think that's you've mastered too right you've done a little music mixing mastering engineering did you work with Anna Frick by the way oh I love Anna yes <laughs> so I don't do mastering um but I put on my website I put that I do everything just so people like look at my website and talk to me and then if they want mastering I'm like oh I have this awesome mastering engineer Anna Frick up at <laughs> Airshow Mastering and so the band that I work with I specifically only use Anna with anybody that I work with just because she's awesome and Airshow is awesome she just does really good work so and keep it in the fam with ladies you know so with everything that you do kind of piggybacking on katie's thing how do you make yourself marketable um having so many skills even though post-production is your main thing um yeah i mean marketable because i can do anything like the one-stop shop for audio um (laughs) is me you know I get a lot of work off of like Facebook and different groups that I'm in we have like a film industry networking Denver group where people post gigs all the time and I don't know I just said I have a lot of good SEO on my website that my friend did for me so like when you google Denver audio engineer my website pops up female Audio Engineer Denver, my website pops up. Production Sound Mixer Denver, my website pops up. I mean, I do get calls for like a lot of different things. And if I'm not qualified to do them, I always have someone that I can recommend. I run a Denver Audio Engineer Facebook group where everybody just kind of gets to know each other. And uh, that's how like I got most of my jobs when I was first starting out. But uh, knowing the community is like huge for me because I like if I can't do a gig, I know someone who can. And so it's never like I've, I've never let anybody down if they were looking to hire me because I gave them someone else that can do it. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's I love freelancing because I just like love audio engineering. So I try to learn to do as many things as I can. But I also know what my limits are. I did you know, live music for a while when I was starting out. And then I was just like, I'm not that awesome at this. And it's like super stressful for me. So I'm not gonna do that anymore. Kind of cut that off. And then working in 
production and uh, post-production realized like you know it's kind of annoying that when people ask me if I can do video editing that I can't so then I just started learning Premiere um, and getting into like video editing because again I'm not awesome at it but I can take on like low-key clients that want stuff for YouTube and then I can do all of that stuff together. I'm very impressed like I think it's cool that you are like so stoked to dabble in all the areas and and not afraid to fail yeah either it's just going for it. it's like you know what I don't have the skill set and this could help me in the future and I'm just gonna try and see how it goes and yeah and see if I can do it because why not I mean I work night shift uh 4 30 to 1 a.m and then I don't sleep much and then I like freelance during the day until now I, I just started going back to school for computer programming so that's another new path that I'm just deciding to maybe do after I take a couple of classes we'll see if I'm good at it or not Again, like we're, we do so much work with technology and, you know, all of the softwares that we use, the plugins that we use. I mean, everybody at some point in their life was like, man, like I wish there's a plugin that did this. Um, and so if I could, you know, learn how to make that kind of stuff, that'd be super cool, too. So just always learning as we all are in audio engineering. You know, your fire and your drive is so incredible. But you obviously run, 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 run. What what do you do for yourself, like self-care and balance and just to, you know, relax and recuperate from your busy, your busy life, your busy schedule? Yeah. Camping and hiking is like the top two things because I have like such, I'm a crazy person and I always do everything like to the max. I got into crafting and you know, like, you know what a cricket is? Like the cutting machine? No, no. Oh, God. So I'm not a crafter. Yeah. So I've always been like a DIY person with like house projects and whatnot. And one day I was like looking up how to do something. I found like a website that I think I was looking at like woodworking presents to make for people. And it was like, oh, yeah, like you can make this. And if you have a cricket, you could cut like the wood to say this. And I was like, a cricket? Well, I thought people just like freehand cut this stuff and like had really good <laughs> handwriting. But um, that's not the case. There's a machine that does all of this. And so I obviously uh, spent $400 to buy this machine and then all of the accessories. And the last year has been bad because I just buy things constantly for my crafting obsession that I found. But, like, that, that's my problem is, like, crafting, like, a lot of people do it, like, for fun and to, like, relax. And then, like, I just took it way too far. <laughs> and, like, our office, we had to move bedrooms because it, my boyfriend's uh, office is right here behind me. Um, and we were in a different guest room. And once I started crafting, we needed more space. And so, like, I don't know if you can – I, like, built this whole thing over here. <laughs> and take up like all of this room for my crafting that I started doing so camping and hiking is the only thing that I can't really like take too far overboard (laughs) are you sure I think you could (laughs) so uh yeah like when I go camping there's not always service uh which is awesome because then I don't like check my phone constantly and my email and whatever. So that's kind of like the way that I unwind because otherwise I I take things way too far <laughs> with everything else that I do. I've got cat hair and everything. Oh, I know on the mic. You have it too. Yeah. 
Yes, all over this softy. There's just cat hair, and it's getting in my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I keep doing this. So basically, <laughs> we're twins is what we've got yeah. out of this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't fit in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want cat hair in your mouth. Fine, I'll take it, I guess. I'll take the ways I don't fit in. If it means yeah. no cat hair in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering, Kelly, because you're very friendly, and you're talking about networking. I guess I'm interested in the interpersonal journeys of audio and what people can expect and how people can succeed to the max at networking. Yeah. So in college, obviously, like if your professors bring someone super cool to class, like Matt Waters, like introduce yourself to them and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. It's so great to meet you. You never know what's going to happen. They might invite you to coffee in LA and then get you your dream job. Like that's no biggie. things that can happen. Always just introducing yourself and saying hello. Um, when I started out, I you know got business cards immediately, made a website. My first website was horrible and <laughs> my business cards were pretty cool, luckily. So those were fine. But like Anywhere you go, you know, handing out your business cards to people and introducing yourself. The band that I work with currently still, I was working uh, monitors on a festival gig. And when I was in live sound at the beginning of when I was working and I always had my cards on me. And if I really liked a band that I was working monitors for, I would give them my card and be like, hey, if you ever want to come into the studio, let me know. Like, this is where I work and blah, blah, blah. And that's how I got a couple of clients and like my still longstanding client. So just like taking chances, always introducing yourself to everybody that you meet. I also through the Denver Audio Engineer Facebook group. So a different guy used to run it and we used to have meetups um, like once a week at different studios. And so I made it a point to go to every single studio that I could always introduce myself to whoever owned it, whoever worked there, give them my card, um, lie about how good I am uh, <laughs> and <laughs> what I know. Um, and then uh, maybe they would give me a chance to work there or intern there. Um, but that's how I got my internship uh, at a studio was um, going to all of those meetups and introducing myself. And I got an internship from one of them. So and then after that, just like everybody knew who I was and they thought that I was cool and they thought that I knew what I was doing. I did not know what I was doing at that point, but I said that I did. So um, that was like a really good way to get to know um, the people in Denver that were doing the same thing I was doing and then learning from, uh, you know, what they told me about their careers so just talking to people just always talk to people and be friendly and then eventually they're gonna remember you you know the when I got my job at stars it was another meetup thing that I met the guy that worked at stars he thought that I was great for just from talking to me um, and then when that position came open I was already stalking the website so I knew that the position was open but then he like called me and was like hey like we have this position open you should really apply for it that's like every job I've ever gotten is from networking with people. Wow. Good to yes. know. Yeah. Take note, yeah. listeners. And I am. I sure am. No, take <laughs> I'm going to be friendlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously you're a very personable um, individual. <laughs> what, uh, what advice would you have for uh, up and coming women in the audio industry um, for say that maybe are a little bit more introverted, a little bit more shy and they have dreams and, you know, they question, it's like, who am I, you know, what, what makes me so special to be able to pursue this or to actually connect with this person? What encouragement would you have for them? Yeah, so I am really bad at, um, like, 
understanding how other people think because I like I don't have that mindset um, and I haven't ever. So um, thinking about that, I you just got to do it like you have to believe in yourself like you're you can't you really can't. And it's male or female. Um, you can't do well in this business if you don't like try really, really hard and you have to believe in yourself. So that's the first part is believing in yourself, even when like you're not good, like knowing that you like have the drive, you know, drive is so huge and stepping out of your comfort zone. I know like from my experience in college, like the girls in our classes when not that there were ever a lot of them but like say you're in a class with a huge console in the front and the teacher is like doing something explaining something all the guys in the class were always like at that console like in front of everybody like it like doing it you know and then the girls would be like kind of in the back and you can like you know it's because they feel like they're afraid and like all of these guys are already up there and like I don't want to push my way through push your way through like why why are you worried about that like just go do it just be in the front of the class like take advantage of everything that's in front of you and don't feel bad about it I guess that's my only advice because if you like don't do that if you don't take every opportunity that presents itself you're not gonna you know keep opening doors you know everything that I've done is because I just constantly put myself forward in every situation. So I know it's it's easier for me because of my personality type. If you don't have that, like you just have to figure out a way to become more confident and make sure that you can take advantage of the opportunities because it's hard. But if you don't take advantage of things in this industry, like someone else is going to be there that's going to do it. So you're just going to lose if you don't. So I don't know how to like empathize with uh, people that... <laughs> Aren't go just catters, do it. But like just, <laughs> yeah, do just it. you just have to do it. No, it's good advice. Yeah. It's scary, like, but it, it is what it is, right? Like that's kind of the nature. Yeah. Like, how hard? Like everyone says, you know, work hard and be like cool. How hard do you actually have to work? Like realistically, when you're kind of getting started, like how much time did you spend honing your craft? I guess like extracurricularly. Hmm on your own time yeah I mean college is very intensive um so like when I was in grad school I was constantly working on school projects and stuff um but I also once I got my kit like um before I thought I was good enough you know I was always trying to get on like low paying or uh what what's the call pro bono stuff like not when they there's no budget everyone's working for free because when you're first starting out, you don't want to undercut the industry. That's like really, really bad. So um, you don't want to be working gigs for like zero dollars when someone could be getting paid to do it because then people just take advantage of people. So I was always working on sets that like no one was getting paid. It was a passion project, whatever, to try and get better. And also that's kind of how I made a lot more connections with people because, you know, when you do stuff, when everybody's doing something for free, it's because they really love to do it. And then you have those connections. And then when they do have a budget, they hire you because you already worked with them for free and you kind of owe each other or whatever. But um, and you just got to know them and they liked how you were on set. But yeah, I forgot what the question was. What, oh, what was I talking me too. About? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the pressure. I should remember. Um, <laughs> it was something. Passion projects. Oh. Yeah. yeah. 
That's oh, like honing now. your skills, honing your skills yes. and getting really good at this. That's what I'm, yeah. Yeah. Again, just doing it, just finding things that you can work on. For people that are into music, what's it called? Nail the Mix. I forget the website. If you look up Nail the Mix, I'm sure something will pop up. But there's some, there's like a website that you can be a part of. It's a subscription base. And they just have like stems for tons of different songs and they just release them on a regular basis and then you mix them you can submit to like win prizes each month but getting your hands on that material is super important when you're mixing music because if you don't have something to mix then you can't really get better at it recording like your friends bands and stuff if you can do that I did that a lot in college and that was like super helpful um so there's less like uh pressure yeah if you're just like recording your buddy's band you know then you can feel more comfortable about it. But yeah, that I mean, getting your hands on material to work with is kind of the first step. But there's definitely a lot of ways that you can do that. But just by like asking people or finding it online. But you just got to like practice, practice, practice to be able to get better at it. That's the only way in this industry because, you know, you have to know how to use your stuff. You have to be able to you have to be good at it, finding out how you can be creative and what you are good at. But yeah, in college, like just trying everything that I could being a stagehand, working front of house, working monitors. Um, I was recording like classical music for um, a buddy, uh, doing podcasting, like all of those different things, production, sound, post-production, um, trying everything so you can find out what you're good at and then like going down that line of what you're good at. I happen to be good at like quite a few different things. And when I was freelancing, I was like, I better be good at a lot of different <laughs> things because I want to <laughs> make money and like find a lot of work. Um, but yeah, like finding what you're good at and then just like honing that skill. Um, and you can do it at a lot of different things. Our, our skills as audio engineers, they transfer to like a lot of different things. You know, there's a lot of jobs out there that you can do. And if you're motivated, you can do whatever you want. Bravo. Yeah. I mean, God, yeah. you said it. I feel like <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten so, so many gems from you just listen, listening. It's Yeah. I'm very impressed. Very incredible. Sweet. Yeah, you should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> Have you ever thought of adding that <laughs> to your arsenal? No, I told you I hate being in front of oh, people. Oh, right. The stage fright. <laughs> I, yeah, I get like nervous. I have talked at like a couple of conferences uh, in town and stuff. Uh, and that's always fun, just like with kids. I did a panel at a high school and I was just like, oh my God, like they're learning Pro Tools in high school. Like, I We're, wish. Yeah. I'm not going to have a job at some kids. point because these kids are le- like, if I learned Pro Tools in high school, like, I'd be so good right now. Like, yeah, that's, that's how just I feel. Insane. Yeah. Wow. So at 28, I'm already worried about losing my job <laughs> to a child. But, um, so maybe yeah, we should stop it. trying to encourage uh, the future <laughs> kids in audio. Don't Never mind. It. It's bad. Do it. Don't do it. Don't listen to anything I said. <laughs> Networking is not important. Do not network. <laughs> Don't work hard. <laughs> Oh my God. Pro Tools in high yeah. school. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. Okay. So, say if someone wants to get a hold of you and want some worthy advice uh, about being an audio engineer, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. I mean, my website, um, there's a contact form on there that you can use, or you can just email me. I'm pretty free, kellykaudio at gmail.com. Um, and if I have time, I will answer you. If I don't, email me again in like a week or so and then I'll probably respond um but I'm I do like so much 24 7 that I like forget to um respond to people sometimes my bad 
Um, but <laughs> this is where they're going to hear your apology for that. Yeah. Like sorry. Friend, like, that's why she didn't answer my text. Oh, she's busy. It's, Timmy, it's out there, people. Yeah. What not to do is find me on Facebook or Instagram and then like every one of my photos for the past year and then send me a creepy message. Um, that's Aww. like the other side of what not to do. Cause I, I just don't respond to those people. Getting yeah, social media yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so Kelly, uh, Katie and I are going to try something brand new if you're up for doing this with us. Mm. So we want to introduce a new segment to the show. It's going to be a speed round. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> so you are going to be our guinea pig, if you don't mind. And we're just going to ask you a few questions and just kind of see how it goes. See what comes out. Yeah, I'm really bad at being on the spot, but I'll do it. I mean, we are too, and this is improv, baby, so. Yeah, total. All those classes finally paying off. Right. I guess I'll start. Um, all right. I wish I had sound effects. Pew, pew, pew. Lightning. What's your favorite color? Uh, purple. Me too. Okay. What's your comfort movie? Comfort movie? Oh, God. Harry Potter. Which one? Any of them. Oh, gosh. What's your favorite hobby? Uh, favorite hobby is probably hiking. What kind of hiking shoes do you wear? Oh man, I should have started rap. That was great. <laughs> we asked for sound effects and we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, where did you go? I see you. I don't hear you. <laughs> Uh, my favorite hi or my hiking shoes that I own are Obo's Bridgers, and I just I had one pair for five years, and then I just bought the same exact one in another size because apparently your feet grow when you're an adult. Well, I think you did a great job. Wait a minute. <laughs> what did Katie say? <laughs> Lol. Favorite. She lost her. Oh, favorite mic. If um, my favorite mic is a MKH four sixteen shotgun. Ooh. Okay, so everyone, we lost Katie. We lost her audio, but if only she had a cool mic, an SM7B, just like Kelly. Like us. Yep, just like yep. the twins. You know what? You'd and your there. AKG headphones. Mm -hmm. And two cats. Can't forget the cats. And two cats. Yep, yep. we wouldn't have lost All her. the things. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think that's great for the speed round. Kelly, I guess on behalf of Katie and me, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It's been such a pleasure, such a joy. It's been wonderful chatting with you today and getting to Yeah, no, you. it was so great. I'm, this is so sad watching Katie just flail around uh, on video without I audio. <laughs> just, we had delay on Katie and then she just went away. Yeah, so very sad. Her, she's giving hearts. She loves you all. She loves Kelly. <laughs> Yeah, it was great to be here. Uh, anybody that's listening, feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I'm a pretty open book, so you'll do really great in audio. That sounded really bad. <laughs> you'll do good audio. Well, I'll do Make good audio. <laughs> well, I'll do good audio. <laughs> Applications are now open for the Soundgirl Scholarships of 2021, and we have three different scholarships available the Ethel Gabriel Scholarship, the Soundgirl Scholarship, and Leslie Ann Jones Scholarship. The deadline for all applications is July 30th at 12 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. The Soundgirls board will review essays and will notify the winners via email in August. 
Visit soundgirls.org slash soundgirls dash scholarships dash 2021 for more information, including tips for applying to scholarships and awards. Thank you for listening to the Sound Girls podcast.